Welcome to Ten Bestest, where we sift through the noise so you don't have to. Each week, we share our ten favorite things of the moment. Anything goes. Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Hart. I'm Karen McFarlane Holman. And here we go with another episode. Are you excited? I'm excited. Are you ready? You ready to go? Yeah. All right. Well, it's my turn. I've won the the coin toss and I get to go first. So my first cool sheet is a podcast series within a podcast. I've been doing this a lot lately, but hey, that's okay. It's our show. We can do what we want. Reply All is a podcast, which is a great podcast all on its own, but they did a a series called The Test Kitchen. Okay. And so if you followed our podcast for a little while, I have talked about this in a few different episodes. And it started when I was really big fans of a couple different uh, Bon Appetit segments. It's Alive with Brad was one of my favorites and I really liked it. But in, in the summer of 2020, just recently, they got in a lot of trouble. They got this online reckoning and I started to talk about that. And And it was basically they weren't paying people of color and women equal pay. This is not a new thing, but it was definitely a thing that happened there and it exploded and a lot of people left. And then they they fired their CEO or one of the top guys, whoever he, whatever his actual title was. They got rid of the top guy. He also did, he did some blackface or, you know, some really bad stuff. They are trying to change it. So I'm not thrashing on Bon Appetit, but I did want to really spotlight the people that were that left and because I felt they did deserve their credit and so I was highlighting them and then so Reply All decided to do this mini series where they broke down this happening. The first one, you know, was Original Sin and they were going to do this four-part series and then everything exploded at Reply All. And they got former staff members said, "You guys have been doing the same thing. Who are you to do this?" and they shut down the series actually. So the series in itself I liked because I was interested in the backstory, but then it was also interesting that they they're not they said they're not going to delete the first two episodes, but they're not going to finish the series either because who are they to point fingers? And they're like, look, we it's obvious now we have a lot to learn, and we're going to get back to you. We're going to reassess what's going on. Anyway, t- check out the Tetch's Kitchen by Reply. Oh. My jaw dropped. I yeah, don't know if it was, you saw that. I was just yeah. like, what? And, you know, I I try not to talk about too many negative things. You know, we're, we always keep it positive. And that's why I was like, you know, instead of really talking. But, but at the same time, when people make mistakes and companies make mistakes, they do need to be held accountable. Yeah. For sure. And that's why. So I'm not... I feel like my personal position is that, you know, that Bon Appetit is trying to course correct and maybe some people think too little too late and that could be very true. I do also believe in second chances. Like I I hope that they correct and they do better, but I'm not letting them off the hook by any means. And I love the fact that the people that left are now getting spotlight and that's what I want to highlight Definitely. first for sure. Mm-hmm. But then it was interesting because I was like, Oh, I can't wait because this will be part of my story and I'll learn more about it because I just want to learn more. I want to learn from other people's mistakes. And so I don't make mistakes because I've made plenty, trust me. And I'm always trying to learn and be better. And then, but it was interesting how it blew up and, and you yes. know, so two, like two or two of the main, maybe I forget, I don't know the, inner workings of reply all but at least one or two of the main hosts 
step down. Like mm-hmm. they quit because they were facing some very similar, yeah. very bad accusations. They were they were doing things wrong, and it was like like it, yeah, it was it was just wild. Well, um, and this is the powerful power part for me is that. None of this is getting swept under the rug. I mean, probably yeah. some aspects sure. of it are, but that it is well known what happened at Bon Appetit. And then yep. now with Reply All, and they're leaving those episodes up there. And yeah, yes, see, that's the good them. thing. At least they're yeah. really leaving those up. Exactly. They're not trying to sweep it under the rug. It, it was an interesting choice to me that they... Because what is the right move? I certainly don't know. Who am I? You know, that they stopped the series. I mean, I get it from their standpoint because they're like, we shouldn't be pointing when we have things going on under our own roof. But at the same time, I was like, but I really wanted to know, and I'm not a huge like gossip person. I just wanted to know the full story because they were talking to the people that left. They were getting the first-hand account, and sometimes it was the first time they spoke about it publicly. So I was just interested. Like I said, I want to take that information and make sure that I'm keeping myself in check and then I'm learning from these things and so I can always be better not because I want to see the downfall of any humans or businesses even because I don't like to see that but it is important to that we we know about it that it's not getting swept under the rug and then hopefully they learn and we're learning about it and we get better because of it Um, and we don't make these same mistakes because how can we be better if we're not learning and and pointing out and and learning about these mistakes so anyway yeah it was a fascinating thing I was like oh this is going to be a great series it's going to kind of bookend my thing and then it just blew up I was like whoa we have a lot of work to do. But, oh, yes. But yes. yeah, uh, yes. super, super interesting. And yeah. thank you for that. And it dovetails as we, because we mind meld clearly, <laughs> like that has been established yeah. long Wild. ago. Wild. Um, but my first cool sheet of this episode is an article about this woman and her project. And the article is called Women Scientists Were Written Out of History. And it's Margaret Rotessier's lifelong mission to fix that. So this is in Smithsonian Magazine, has this article about, I'm sorry, I mispronounced her name. It's Margaret, Margaret Rossiter. And this started when she was 24 and she was a student at Yale and she was studying the history of science. And at that point, she was one female of around surrounded by many men. And every Friday there was this informal gathering. This is really common in graduate school where there's department professors and there's students and they, they sit around and talk about what's new or what did someone just read recently or something like that. And so in these conversations, she recalls back to this moment where she brought it up. Were there ever women scientists? And she said that the answer she got was like, nope, nope, nope. And of course, they brought up Marie Curie, but they actually said, well, she got, so Marie Curie got two Nobel Prizes, which is extremely rare for anyone to get that. And they actually said, well, it's because she was you know, her husband, blah, blah, blah. So Margaret Rossiter then made that her lifelong journey of really delving into the backstories of all of these women and their subordinate places. And she, so there's a couple quotes here that it was 
due to the camouflage. Like these were intentional camouflages that were essentially not highlighting any of the work and that there's tons of work. But she did magnificent work to then unveil a lot of these. And it's really wonderful. So a lot of people now are just saying everything, all of her research has been revolutionary and it's really being brought to light now. Not as much as it should be, but it's really great. So I love her work, uh, Margaret Rossiter. And this article is a nice way to just dip your toes into the work that she has done. Uh, that's, that's, well, I mean, it's good. It is good. But uh, so many, so many things like this that, you know, I'm, I'm just glad we're, we're starting to do something, you know, and yeah. we're like, again, it's, it's difficult. And I know even people that are empathetic to, to a lot of these things do, I know it's hard and, and tiring and, but it is, we do have to keep having these conversations because it is how it changes. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah you we can't just let up. Yeah. We keep going. Yeah. Sure. And, and then when we don't have to talk about it anymore, then that means then there really is like catastrophic change. So we're like where it should be, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, it's not always easy, but we do need to talk about it. So I'm yeah. glad. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. All right. So. My next cool sheet is a company, a YouTube channel, and a website, and so now I really do want to talk about the positive, I hope, gosh, because who knows, it could all change, but right now, the place that some of my former cool sheets that left BA have went to this company called Food52, so... Definitely check them out. Uh, again, they have you know a beautiful website with tons of recipes. They have a YouTube channel uh, where you can see former Cool Sheet members Sola and Rick Martinez. They have series on there all the time and just overall. And it's not because of the diversity. The diversity is it's it was already there. It was already thriving. And that's but that is a good thing because you get all these cultures. And I mean, that's what I love about food is all of the different varieties and areas. And, you know, I've talked about this before of like, it's not just Mexican food, but it's like, oh, this is in the southwest corner and this is in the north part and this is in South America versus Mexico and Spain. And it's all so beautiful and different. And if they just, uh, they, they seem to like really be knocking it out of the park. And it wasn't course correction. It se- I hope, I don't know, because I haven't researched them for years or anything like that. But it seems like they're really doing a lot of the right things like they have been. And they've always had it on the forefront of their mind. Um, so usually I go to their YouTube channel because I just love cooking videos so much. And uh, I'm sure I maybe have pulled some recipes from them, but, uh, you know, the, the bar is so high on elegant, beautiful websites for food. And right now I'm super hungry, so I even kind of hesitate to look at it. But you can get all kinds of, you know, different articles about food and, of course, recipes and shops. They have all different things that you can get resource if you like to eat. And especially if you like diverse food, check out Food 52. I'm curious, why did they call it Food 52? You know what? I don't even know that. That probably would have been like where the first thing that I should have researched, but I was just so much more about the content. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a a great question. I don't know. Whenever something's like 52, I'm like Area 51. Ah. Reference to that. (laughs) 
it's probably not. Yeah. And it's funny because they don't, on their homepage, they don't have like a real easy about page. They probably, if I put about, it might go right to it, you know, because that's where I would find out. Yeah. So anyway, I'll research anyway, that a little bit while you go to your next one. And maybe though. I'll yeah. follow up. But I do want to say that our show notes, because I was kind of hiding that, yeah. it's at uh, 10bestest.com slash food 52. So I couldn't give it away quite yet. But so that's one zero bestest.com slash food five two. So a lot of numbers in that one, but uh, hopefully you can remember easily. Check out our show notes and learn more about it. Maybe you can find out why they tell us why they call it food 52. (laughs) Excellent. All right. My next cool sheet is a technology. I have fallen in love with NASA lately. And what I didn't realize about NASA, you know, when I think about NASA, like, oh, they're shooting stuff into space. That's cool. But what they're also doing is they are doing a whole bunch of research on materials and advanced tech stuff. And what they have been doing for the last 50 years that I didn't quite realize is that they channel this stuff into society, into everyday products. And so they've done stuff like memory foam that was originally from NASA and things that are related to digital cameras and image sensors, things like that. So tires, we're talking about NASA bike tires. And so they have come up with this really interesting kind of, they call it airless shape memory alloy. And so this was originally built for lunar rovers, Mars rovers. And so now they have this that's going to be in bicycle tires. And it's called metal, which is spelled like the word metal, but without the A. So like metal. (laughs) So, um, so they've got these interconnected springs. And so they don't require inflation. And these super elastic tires and so they're built like titanium so they can withstand rugged terrain so it'd be really awesome if you're out doing um, mountain biking stuff like that and they're really hoping that it will be nice for people like me that sometimes um, you get a lot of punctures so they want puncture free rides for people and eco-conscious they always want to keep that in mind and so they've just been taking all these really awesome materials and putting them together and I love that they have it for something that's just so widespread as bicycles that are really worldwide so this will be coming out very very soon so I'm going to guess depending on when you're listening to this it might be the end of 2021 ish so this is something to watch out for metal Ooh, that's so metal i know i have my little like metal hand gesture up that's cool i've actually i have heard of this because uh, oh cool uh not you know maybe not as in depth as as you have but uh, anything biking kind of gets on my radar somehow oh, nice. so that's very cool and yeah but i kind of forgot about it i think i feel like i heard about it a little while ago I don't know time. Who knows? Time doesn't really exist either. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, especially right now. But yeah, that's cool. I'm glad that it's getting closer and closer because I think when I first heard about it, it was more like it was not as close, like as they beginnings were now. of the yeah, ideas, yeah, or yeah. just yeah. But cool. it is cool. You know, it is interesting because yeah. You know, NASA. We just think of you know, space, but yet so many things. I mean, because they have some of the 
top scientists and minds in the, yeah. you know, in the United States and, and beyond. And they have a goal, like one of their main goals is space. But the byproduct of that is all this other stuff that comes about. It is very cool. That's, sure. that's neat. That's super neat. Oh, and so, yeah, Occam's razor, 52 is 52 weeks in a year. So that's oh. what that's where that's good, you know. Okay. It's like too easy. I was trying to overthink it. I'm yeah. Like what was? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what Food Fifty Two means. I love it. Yep. All right. My next cool sheet is a podcast, and this is the entire podcast I'm going to talk about instead of just one episode. And it is called the Genius Recipe Tape. So I must have been hungry again when I was doing all the notes for this one because this is the third in a row about food, and I haven't ate tonight, and it's late, and I'm starving, and I. Yes. Well, anyway, check this out. Uh, it is uh, hosted by Kristen McGlory, and she speaks with geniuses behind iconic recipes, and it uncovers uh, the recipes that change the way we cook. So uh, it was actually the first recipe that really caught my eye. Well, no, I'm sorry, the second one. The first one was cool, too. It was called The Number One Way to Eat More Vegetables. Who doesn't know that they probably should eat more vegetables. So I was like, all right, I'll check that out. But before I listen, I think I actually listen to, and I'm kind of like type A where I want to listen from episode one to in order or else it makes me like twitch or whatever. <laughs> but I think I broke my own rule and went right to number two, how to turn corn into butter. I was like, whoa, I need to know about that right now. And I can't wait until the summer when I can try this corn butter. It's super easy to make. I think it's like one, maybe two ingredients. You can make butter out of corn. Hello. Uh, I was in. And then the rest, um, actually, it touches on life after Bon Appetit. They talked to another former cool sheet, Priya Krishna. And then they just have so many different good things. I mean, it's if you know me, you know I love food and I love cooking. And so this is just a, it talks about ones about oops, dreamy, smooth hummus. I know you'll love that one, Karen, who doesn't, well, some people probably don't like hummus, but I know we love it. Uh, they, I think they have one on kom, uh, kombucha. They have sweet potato code, all kinds of different things that are making me so hungry. And then I didn't even know this until I started researching it just a couple of days ago. It's by Food52. So anyway, check out the Genius Recipe Tapes. I did eat dinner before I came here, and this <laughs> is hungry? all making me hungry. Oh, yeah, my gosh. yeah. Corn butter? Ugh, what? Thinking about it. Oh, oh my, my gosh. So cream. I've already, if, on the last week's episode, I was talking about a healthy alternative to ice cream. Yeah. Now you got a little bit healthier alternative to butter. Uh, I mean, life is looking yes. good. Yes. <gasps> oh, my oh, gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> hmm. Okay. All right. Well, you know, we we're go on this like on these hills. We go up, we go down, we go up, we go down. We're gonna we're gonna go down a little bit now, <laughs> um, sort of. But this is this is cool. Um, it's so this is a, a very short documentary, a short documentary that's called Hearing Madge. Okay, Madge is a person. Madge is a person who passed away. And hearing her is specifically because her ashes have been pressed into a vinyl record. And that is how her family has chosen to remember her and have her cremated. So this is all about a UK-based company and Vinely that does this. So this is an option when you pass away 
or when your anyone that's close to you passes away, um, you can remember them by by doing this. This is a a really nice. I, I love how they do this. Honestly, I don't even know if this is a like a promo film because it has such the vibe of someone just telling a story and various stories. But they also tell how it's done. They show with animations, how would you make this record? And then what it what is the effect of putting ashes into a vinyl record? Because when you're in an actual vinyl record pressing a manufacturer, you don't want dust and particles in there. It is not good for the sound. But here, that's what they're trying to do. And so it is then given you're not going to have the best sound and that's fine because what you're trying to do is capture this person. So um, they gave some examples of what some people have chosen to do. They have that person's voice and they're talking or you have their favorite music that they liked. There were some other interesting things that people chose to do, but this was new to me. My brother sent this to me and he was like, Karen, you might like this. And it really did intrigue me. And it was really just another awesome option. when someone passes away, how to remember them hearing Madge. Wow. Yeah, that is fascinating. Wow. Yeah. I want to check that out. I want to see the duck. Where can you find it easily find the duck? Yeah. And Guess what? The The link is going to be in our show notes. <laughs> oh, well, good, good. Thank goodness. Um, and don't forget to check those out at tenbestus.com slash food52. So 10bestus.com slash food52. And yeah, that'll take you right to that video. And I will check it out right after the yeah, show. Yeah, it's only a 10-minute video. Oh, I think I could do so, it. So, and one of the records they got pressed was a clear vinyl. And so you uh, could see oh, the wow. sprinkles of the, their ashes in there. Wow. And yeah, like, especially me, I like records. Yeah. Um, and I have my dad's ashes, like some of his ashes, and they're in a box and they're on, you know, in my living room and, and all that. But it's like, here's another way you can have it. You yeah, know? I do like, it's different because it's hard to say, oh, I like that idea, but I you know I kind of do. I like these mm-hmm. different different ways to remember someone that you care about like that so much. Uh it is cool. Yeah. You know, even though it's you know, it's a difficult thing but but a right. cool way to remember them and honor them and yeah, I really that's neat. Exactly. And that's actually one of the the reasons and I know everyone has their idea of how they might what they want their body to how they want it to end up, I guess. Um, And one thing that is nice about cremation is that you can have some of your ashes are in the vinyl record. Yeah, there you go. Some of your ashes are sprinkled by the Golden Gate Bridge or, you know, whatever. Um, Lots of options for your family. Yeah. How they want to remember you and memorialize you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, I'm going to get back to the silliness. All right. (laughs) So my next uh, cool sheet is a website, and (laughs) I really think you'll like this one. (laughs) It is called This Word Does Not Exist. So (laughs) last week I talked about birds don't exist, (laughs) and now I'm talking about words that don't exist. I don't know what's going on with me right now. Maybe we'll talk about that in a future episode. (laughs) But this website uh, generates new words with a click of the button. So the website was developed by San Francisco-based developer Thomas Dimson, an engineer who used the work uh, where he uh, actually he worked for Instagram developing its recommendation algorithm. 
And he took that knowledge and created a site. And it looks through a database of 8 million web pages and detects when one word appears next to another word. And then using that information, it replicates it enough times to generate its un, a made-up word and a sentence for that word. So it creates a word out of an AI, is creating a word, and then giving it a definition. And they actually gained a notoriety because they a lot of researchers said it was too dangerous to release. Like they're like, this is going to cause some problems. And so they delayed it for a long time. And then finally they're like, ah, what the heck? Uh, it does have like a disclaimer that the words are not reviewed and may reflect bias in the training set. <laughs> But you just click it. Every time you click it, it just instantly takes you to a static page. And then it says, um, so right now I'm going to go to that website. And it says, Sparper, a small, thin, soft-bodied Asian food plant of the parsley family, particularly the cabbage and onions. <laughs> so totally made up, totally baloney. Um, and then it says, you know, this word does not exist, blah, blah, blah. And then you can just go to the next word. And this is whoop job, a polite introductory command to take an ebook or file. <laughs> so I just love this. And I know you've done a lot of words. You might like this too, uh, Karen, and maybe anybody else out there. This word does not exist. Okay, I have two direct applications for this. One is if you're an author and you're writing like fantasy novels yeah, or science fiction. Good call, yeah. You could totally come up with words using that. And another one is if you're looking for a business name that yeah. where you want because yeah. some people want new words right. for their business name. Yeah, because you can easily get the dot com yeah. of a word that doesn't exist, yeah. probably. <laughs> so boom, there you go. Yeah, I really love it uh, that it just because a lot of these words sound legit. Yeah, like, exactly. Because of the AI uh -huh. and the way it's like doing all this data research, uh, you know, they're not just like if I try to make up a word, it'd be like Yeah, right. And it would be like that's you're ridiculous. <laughs> Go have some fake ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Leave us alone. But these actually sound legit, and they have the definition. Like, yeah, you could totally yeah. mess with your friends. There's so many fun things you could do with this. I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. All right. My next one, I'm going to be talking about a YouTube video. Advice for serial procrastinators. And Brian can see me pointing at myself. The two-minute rule. Okay. So first off, I love that this video starts out by debunking the myth that procrastination is laziness. It's not. I agree with that statement. <laughs> he says that procrastination is a symptom of something larger, which could be perfectionism, fear of failure, fear of criticism, avoidance, low self-esteem, tendency to self-sabotage, or it could even get into depression, anxiety, and trouble focusing. Okay, so uh, he talks about the need for tackling the root issue of the symptom. But he says, ironically, people who procrastinate, and this totally makes sense, they probably are not going to dive in and try to tackle the root issue. They will procrastinate on doing that. So this framework that he suggests is to tackle the symptom first and then that allows us to access the root issue more easily. And he has this saying, the way that you act in anything is the way you act in everything. And so the rule, which he actually extracted from David Allen's book, Getting Things Done, the this rule is then, if something takes less than two minutes, boom, do it immediately. 
if it takes more than two minutes, then schedule it, like write it down or put it in your your scheduler. Part of the reason why this works is if it's two minutes, then it's like, oh, yeah, I can do that easily. And then if you put that off, if you scheduled that, it would actually end up taking longer to review it and go, okay, what was that again? And then do it than it would to just do it right away. So his results of trying it, because he does procrastinate, is that it creates less clutter, both physical and clutter in your to-do lists, less anxiety. And he found that he procrastinated less. So I am very interested in trying this. Again, there's a video called Advice for Serial Procrastinators, the two-minute rule. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Yeah, you know, yeah, I definitely think about procrastination a lot. And some people might, the knowest might think, oh, you must not ever, because, you know, not to like sound whatever, tune our own home or something, but we do a lot of stuff and we're, you know, what a lot of people consider high performers or go-getters or however you want to phrase it. Uh, but I deal with procrastination all the time and guilt and, and, and I've always wanted to know what causes that. And a lot of the time I'm fine with it, you know, like maybe my brain's just telling me right now I need to switch off for a bit. And because, you know, not only like a, a it's not, a work-life balance, it's, it's a different kind of even thing like that. It's just like a, almost, the word that just popped into my head was like a Zen balance. Like I do know the importance of self-care, self, you know, me time, whatever you want to call it. But there are a lot of things that I want to do because I like to do it and I like to do things. And that's what also gives me happiness and joy. So, you know, I'm constantly trying to learn more about it. And I've, it's funny, I've had that book, uh, Getting Things Done, since the since it came out way back and I never actually read it except for that first part because the two minute rule is the thing that he talks about right off the bat and and I follow I at least follow that Uh and that has helped a lot that's awesome Uh, I do that a a lot of the time where if it's like if I can knock it out then yeah then I'll just do it right away Uh, and of course you know nobody's perfect and I have peaks and valleys in that aspect even but I do think about it all the time it's a good one it's an easy one and it does make a big difference uh, for sure. Yeah, so it's, that's cool. I'm going to check this video out because that'll be a nice little reminder. Yeah, of, it is. It's good. I like the way, he, and I just like his delivery. It's super yeah. real. And that whole backstory of like, why do we do it in the root? That's something I had never really delved into. I just kind of more beat myself up, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, right. there you did it again, Karen, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And that's not yeah. helpful. No, not at all. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah, knowing's half the battle, so they say in G.I. Joe. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, I can't wait to check that one out. Yeah. All right. My last cool sheet is going to, I'm really uh, ending with a bang here. This is a fun one. I've been kind of doing this now where I'm talking about some of my all-time favorite movies, uh, just really fun ones. And I talked about uh, Dazed and Confused a while ago, and I actually probably should have talked about this one first. And this one is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So Dazed and Confused came out in the 90s. This one came out in the 80s, in 82, I believe. It's directed by Amy uh, Heckerling and uh, written by Cameron Crowe, who became very famous. I think this is one of his first uh, stories that he wrote. It's a group of Southern California high school students are enjoying 
enjoying the most important subjects, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So now I don't know if you could even make this film right now in 2021 because it's uh, it's definitely the 80s. It's a lot of sex. It's a lot of things that aren't really accepted now. And I totally get that. But when I saw, of course, when I first saw it, I was in my 20s and in that or in high school, maybe. So it was just like the best thing ever. And uh, it's still it's raunchy, but it's also kind of great. And it just holds such a nostalgic, warm place in my heart that I guess I forgive it for probably a lot of sins that I have right now. Uh, But it's fun. Uh, It's starting like the cast is amazing. So Sean Penn stars in it as Jeff Spicoli, iconic character. I think even every generation probably knows who Spicoli is. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh is in it, Judge Reinhold, and even some like small cameos by future stars that just had little tiny bit parts about Forrest Whitaker, Anthony Edwards, and Nicolas Cage were in that movie. I kind of forgot that they were like, just for a second, they were like Spicoli's like stoner buddies, but <laughs> became huge stars. It's just, it's, it's crazy. It's this fun comedy, raunchy, delightful, fast times at Ridgemont High. Choo, choo. Yeah, pizza in the classroom, man. Yeah. Um, you know what? Watching that and other movies like that, I was always so fascinated. So I grew up in a rural, tiny, tiny rural town in eastern Oregon. And so I would watch those kinds of movies fascinated of like, that's not what my high school is like. Like, what? Like, that can't be possible. What is going on? Yeah, just... I don't know. It was this weird. <laughs> and yeah, I was a little, I mean, I was born and raised here in Salem. Uh, and certainly he, my high school wasn't that, but I sure wish it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I need to go down to SoCal. That probably, my, uh, ins- you know, instigated my love affair with Southern California. Of course, you know, the weather and the beaches and everything else down there uh, doesn't hurt as well. Um, and I do want to give a shout out to one of our l- listeners, Murray, who who he said when he was younger, he got a lot of people would always say he looked like Spicoli, <laughs> not necessarily. Oh, not, yeah. And he was like, I never knew quite how to take that. Right. <laughs> because it's like, it wasn't like <sighs> even, they wouldn't even say Sean Penn. It was like, no, no, Spicoli. It was like Spicoli. <laughs> like, oh, like, who funny. is Sean Penn? <laughs> but it was yeah. like, and it was great because uh, he was saying, um, I looked uh, like an actor from, um, uh, uh, gosh, I can't remember his name. I'm so bad with names. The guy, the, the sidekick kind of guy in uh, Breaking bad and he was like oh man Spicoli and that guy what a duo that would be (laughs) and we had a good fun time with that but uh, yeah if you haven't checked out Fast Times yet maybe you should give a shot definitely it's got some stuff in it it's one of those movies I can't imagine someone hasn't seen but I'm sure. Oh there are yeah, lots of I would think younger it. generation. You know, I bet it, yeah. it seems like to me that that would be a movie that makes a big comeback if it hasn't already. I don't know. I don't go to high school right now, but I I, I have to imagine because it's dated, of course. But a lot of those things, high school, you know, emotions and situations and things that they dealt with is similar, different, very different, but very similar. Also, your first girlfriend, your first experience with things maybe you should or shouldn't be doing, depending on who you talk to. Alcohol, sex, drugs, things like that. But you know what? It does happen. And and that's when you're kind of figuring things out. And uh, yeah, uh, so I think it's relatable still, even though it's very different. It's also very much the same, I bet. Yeah. I don't know. My 
Ver- my counterpart to that. Ooh, maybe I should make it a cool sheet. Yeah, are you going to save okay, it? Okay, I'm going to save it. Oh. And instead, I'm going to go on to my last cool right. sheet of the day. It's a YouTube channel and it's a website, but I prefer the YouTube channel. It is called Autopsy of Architecture. So this is someone who's, I don't know their name. They're They're pretty standoffish if that's a word for your online presence um can't quite tell who it is but they are based out of florida and what they do for the past i guess 11 years they've been doing this is they explore abandoned places ruins and churches buildings of all sorts of types on their website, you'll go and there will be still photos there, various places they have visited, and there will be some of the stories will be more written out. So if you're more of a, in terms of visual and static kind of learner, and you want to go to the website, um, you can find out more about them there. But you can also go to their YouTube channel. And so that's where they are actually walking through. And so you can get the vibe of the building, of the place, and things like that. So a few examples. So one of them is walking through this place that was known as Xanadu. And this is a building that was built in the 1970s. And it was this project that they were, the people who built it, they thought this is going to be the home of the future. And it's built with sustainable materials and it's really highly energy efficient. And so they built this prototype that was this foam kind of building. And so you go into this house. Now it is totally decrepit and it is worn down and everything else. You walk through it and it is literally like you feel like, Someone had just sprayed foam, you know, like the insulating foam. And that's how they built this this home. But apparently, like I said, it was this home of the future they thought was going to be there. So you can walk through this trippy building. Another place they go through is an abandoned nuclear blast shelter. And it still has in there are some of these, the instrumentation and stuff is still there. Another place they go through is this abandoned mansion by the sea that's in Florida. Uh, Another one is in Memphis, Tennessee, is this veterans hospital that's completely abandoned. Again, for totally different reasons, just all of these have this, it's sad and creepy, but super interesting. And you know, there's so much history that is unspoken but it's just oozing. And that's why I love the video one so much. Super fascinating. Autopsy of architecture. Oh, that's cool. So I never thought I heard of it. I think you featured one of the videos specifically, didn't you? The one so, about Gary, Indiana? So uh, what I did, yeah. So what yeah, I did. Because I was like, wait a second, I've watched one of these videos yeah, apparently. Yeah. So that one was a cool sheet about a. It was an article about Got that. Got it, yeah. And then, and then I, was I in there. found out that these people also had a, so I used that yeah, as a supplement yeah, yeah. to yeah. that. Yeah, no, it's and And so I've been so saving cool. this for a while, like, ooh, I want to talk about this whole channel. Yeah. And I forgot about it, and um, and I remembered, so. That's so cool, yeah. No, I was just tripping out because I was like, what? I've never heard of this. And I'm like, wait, I've seen a whole video of one of these yes, things. Yes, yes. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I remember Karen talking about this. So, yeah, to talk about the channel specifically i just subscribed and i cannot wait yeah a lot of abandoned 
abandoned stuff that seems to be their yeah their, their, the, the which makes sense the autopsy of this architecture yeah that yeah that stuff is it's it's cool because it's like yeah a, such a, a equal mix of creepy and interesting and fascinating and like all different things all in one yeah, like you can't always do that, but they definitely it works totally. 100% and they do, and sometimes they add music. Sometimes oh, cool. it's just you hear the creaking floors. Oh wow, I like um, that too. Yeah, it's so fascinating. Well, so so cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I can't wait to dive further in. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, don't forget, you can check out our show notes on tambestus.com slash food52. That's 10bestus.com food52. And thanks for listening and stay curious. Want to learn more about this week's cool sheets? Head on over to 10bestus. That's 10bestus.com for links to all of our cool sheets. And sign up for our monthly newsletter with bonus cool sheets and other fun stuff. 10 Bestus will be back with an all-new episode next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern.